your Bibles and turn with me back to the book of Philippians, the third chapter. I believe the Apostle Paul would have liked that song. Uh, it, uh, we're going to, this chapter that um, uh, we're looking at, the third chapter of uh, Philippians, is probably um, easily, uh, and I guess it would be up to opinion, uh, one of the greatest chapters uh, in the Bible. Uh, as uh, Paul uh, explains his faith, defends his faith, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, lets us know clearly uh, where he stands. And uh, I think um, that uh, at the end of it, uh, Paul would have very likely uh, sung that song, In Christ Alone. Uh, I stand. And so this morning we're going to look uh, at the tent maker's testimony. Uh, Paul was a tent maker by trade. And again, uh, just remind you one more time uh, that as we look at this book, do not forget that Paul uh, was writing from prison. Uh, Paul was not writing from the local bakery. Uh, he, he was not sitting around eating cake and drinking coffee uh, when he wrote these great words. Paul uh, was imprisoned and was in all likelihood uh, in, uh, uh, in a matter of uh, in days could have very well uh, been executed. And so uh, it, it is important that uh, we, we don't forget uh, that element uh, of, of Paul's story. Uh, and so uh, Paul is writing uh, to a group, uh, again, writing to the church at Philippi, and one of the issues that uh, was uh, present in uh, the early church were, uh, were a group who were known as Judaizers, uh, and also uh, the Jews who had uh, come into the church. Um, and, and if you've seen the Old Testament, you know uh, that the Old Testament, the Jews had a lot of things to do. Uh, they had a lot of offerings to make, and a lot of sacrifices, and a lot of feasts, and a lot of ceremonies uh, that were part of uh, the Jewish religion. And uh, they were having uh, a very difficult time uh, turning that loose. Uh, they wanted to. They they, they were they were uh, they were fine with. Uh, they were they were coming into the church uh, under uh, under Jesus Christ and salvation, but they wanted to drag along this idea uh, that there were still some some things you had to do along with uh, salvation in Christ. And uh, one of the biggest issues was uh, circumcision. That was a uh, major uh, issue that they dealt with uh, in, in the early church. And so uh, Paul is writing uh, here to, to this group uh, and, uh, and trying to get them to understand uh, what we just sang about uh, in Christ alone. Uh, that it's not, uh, not about your works, not about uh, what you have accomplished or uh, what you bring to the table, uh, that salvation is in uh, Christ alone. And he uh, starts that uh, in this chapter as we look here, uh, beginning in verse 4. Uh, he's going to start um, and... Uh, you know, he kind of uh, lures his uh, adversaries in uh, because he's going to start here uh, 
in uh, verse 4 with a list uh, of things where he's going to tell them, uh, these are all the good things I've done. Uh, I, I, this is my resume. This is uh, what, uh, what I bring to the table. And, and, and I, I can almost imagine uh, that this letter would have in all likelihood, uh, when the Philippian church received it, they would have come together as a group, and, and the letter would have been read out loud uh, in, a, uh, in a setting like this. And I can almost imagine that as they got to this part and Paul started talking about uh, his resume, uh, that many of those sitting there went, Told you. Yeah, that's our buddy. Uh, I, you know, I like that. You know, and, and Paul is going to give them uh, this uh, in his resume as a good Jew. Uh, he's going to lay out for them uh, his story here uh, of, uh, of his life, where he came from. Uh, as he says, uh, beginning in verse 4, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, he says, I have more. Paul says, you may think you have a lengthy record. You may think you are a big deal. But let me tell you my record. Let me tell you who I am uh, as a Jew. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. And I can almost imagine the, uh, those Jews that had come into the church sitting there going, check. Yeah, uh, you know, circumcised on the eighth day. I am of the people of Israel. He's a Jew. Check. Number two. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, and this would have been a really uh, big deal to be of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, again, uh, Jacob's beloved son, uh, to be in that tribe. Another check mark. Paul's making, filling in all the boxes. He's making them happy. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. He says, my father was a Hebrew. My mother was a Hebrew. I am a full-blooded Hebrew. Check again. Paul is checking out all the, uh, the, the boxes. As to the law, I am a Pharisee. Now, you and I today, when we think of a Pharisee, uh, typically we kind of snarl a little bit at the Pharisees. You know, they were involved with persecuting and crucifying Christ. We, we, uh, you know, we, we kind of snarl up at the Pharisees. The people of this time had a different opinion of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the good of the good. Uh, they were the law keepers. They were uh, the upper crust uh, of the spiritual world. They, they were, um, you know, they were the, the, the Jew of the Jew. I mean, they, uh, they, they kept the law, knew the law, enforced the law. They were the stuff. And so when Paul says, I am a Pharisee, big check. Yeah, that's, you know, Paul's just checking all the boxes. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. He says, those that came along and, and tried to offer uh, another religion, I tried to stomp them out and get rid of them. I was a, you know, we look at Paul and think about uh, his time again, much like the Pharisees, as a persecutor of the church. We look at him and we look at that and, and, and we frown on that. Uh, the Jews would have been proud of that. And so, Another big check. Paul is just filling in all the, bl- uh, all the blanks. And uh, righteousness under the law, blameless. He says, I kept the law. 
you name it, every bit of the law. When it talks about how many steps to take on the Sabbath, when it talks about, you know, I've kept the law, and not only have I kept the law, but I have kept the additional law that the Pharisees wrote about the law. He said, I was the stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know of a term we would use today uh, in the church today uh, to compare to what Paul just said uh, about his position. Uh, I mean, we're talking about you know some of the Paul. Paul was somebody you know, who had been born in the church. Uh, you know, born in the church nursery, raised up in the church sanctuary, and when he died was going to be buried under the pulpit. I mean, Paul was, uh, I mean, when it came to being uh, religious, when it came to being Jewish, Paul said, I am the poster boy uh, for religion. I have done it all. That there was not, When Paul got done uh, with that list in those three verses, there was not a man in the room, not a Jew in the crowd who could say, yeah, but have you done so and so? Because Paul has checked off you know, every box. Have you ever seen those, uh, those self-examination questionnaires? Yeah. Well, for example, they put them out a lot of times about different diseases. Do you, you know, want to know if you have this disease? And you check, you know, if you if you got this symptom, you got this symptom. If you got enough of them, you you got it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Paul checked them all. He had it. I, listen, there is nothing that Paul could have said anymore. I'm born a Jew. I'm a Pharisee. My mom and daddy are Jew. I am. I have kept the law. I was circumcised. On, all of that. that, that everybody that heard that uh, was amazed by, by that testimony. And uh, he takes them on here, challenges them. Uh, again, what he does is, is kind of like, uh, again, he, he kind of lured them into his trap. You know, listen, everything you want in a person to be religious, I got it. And again, the audience that would have heard that letter would have just been, they would have been up on the edge of the chair. We've got to listen to this man. We need to listen to him. He, man, he is, you know, you know what they say an expert is, right? An expert is somebody from 50 miles away with a briefcase who comes to talk on a topic. Paul was an expert. Yeah. He was, again, there's just, I don't know of an adequate way to describe him. If he was Catholic, he would have been the Pope. I mean, he was everything that they could have possibly wanted. He was everything. And again, he, as he shares this section, uh, he, uh, and you don't see it so much in the English, uh, but it's kind of, uh, there are some words that are used there uh, that are like um, uh, audit words, like accountant words. Paul is saying, you know, I, I, I'm filling out my balance sheet. And, 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 or, you know, I, I'm putting things on the scale. You know, those old scales you used to see. Paul says, I'm putting things on the scale. My mama's a Jew. My daddy's a Jew. I'm a Pharisee. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I've kept the law. I've done. And, and Paul says, the scales just keep tipping. The scales just keep leaning in my favor, talking about how religious I am and how good I am and all that I have done. Listen. There are people today who would use different terms and different terminology, but they would do the exact same thing that Paul just did. Listen, 
I've been in church all my life. My mama was a Christian. My daddy was a Christian. My grandma was a Christian. My grandpa was a Christian. I, you know, I've taught Sunday school. I was, you know, I've worked with the youth. I've tended to the nursery. You know, I've sang in the choir. I've, you know, I, I, you know, I sang in the choir and played the piano and the guitar at the same time. You know, I have done all of those things. You know, there are people who can identify with where Paul is uh, in our world today who would say, yeah, I've, I've got that kind of resume. You know, I was baptized when I was 10 years old. I, you know, I, I, I won the, some of you remember the old sword drills. I won the sword drill, you know, in my Sunday school class. I, I teach the adults. I, you know, I sweep the parking lot. I, you know, I, I painted the columns out front. I waxed the steeple. I did all those things. That's the equivalent of what Paul is saying here in this verse. I've memorized the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I've even got most of the maps committed to memory. Yeah, that's what Paul is saying. Paul says, I have done it all. I have, uh, I have uh, as, I, uh, as I audit the books, as I put things on the scale, I just keep putting things on there that tip things in my favor. I just keep putting things there that, that go along and say how good I am. And I can only imagine again his audience sitting there going, Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, 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 my mama's a Hebrew. My daddy's a Hebrew. I'm a Pharisee. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I can only imagine his audience sitting there as Paul checked off the boxes. They checked off the boxes and said, Me too. Yes, sir, I am that religious. I'm a good person. I'm good. Paul, what he does here, and if you, if you notice it, Paul makes national, tribal, and parental. He says, I, I, I'm a Hebrew. Uh, this is my tribe. I'm in the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a purebred Hebrew. I'm in the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, my parents, they raised me right. Uh, I am... Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm it. I'm it. And his audience would have checked off the boxes with him and said, us too. Again, to those who were listening to this and reading this, this resume, they would have said, Paul, and he's on, he, he, he is, you know, there were people sitting there punching their own children and saying, you need to grow up to be like him. I mean, they, they would have been... I mean, Paul, again, he just checked all the boxes. There were women sitting there going, is he single? You know, I mean, now that's, you know, that, that's the kind of resume that Paul lays out here as he puts this out, his experience and all that he has done and all that uh, he has accomplished. He is orthodox to the, to the, to the bone. Everything about him is what they want it to be. Again, he was the ultimate, again, a Pharisee. Just saying he was a Pharisee. I mean, being a Pharisee was like being the ultimate religious. I mean, you if you were a Pharisee, you interpreted the law, you enforced the law, you even wrote some of it because you didn't think God was clear enough and He needed help. 
I mean, that's how religious the Pharisees were. There are some historians who tell us, have you ever read the Old Testament? There are some historians who say that the Pharisees had actually written more law than God wrote. I mean, they actually, you know, explaining the law, you know, adding little details to the law, they, they, that's how, where they were. And so, again, Paul was, uh, was everything uh, that, that, that they could have imagined. But not only did he, uh, again, believe the truth, but he defended the truth. He says, I went against those who, who tried to uh, destroy the, the Jewish church. I went against uh, all those who had uh, tried to, uh, to do that. Man, I was there when they stoned Stephen. Paul, Paul, Paul could, you know, Paul could have went... When, when Paul started putting rocks on the scale for, for all he had done, they eventually got to the point... You know, where there was nowhere left to put anything else. Paul had that kind of resume. Paul, and I don't mean to belabor the point, but I just, I can't get across to you adequately just, you know, again, because I don't know anybody or anything in the present day to say, here's a parallel. I don't know, it's impossible for me today to say Paul was like so and so, and you go, oh, I get it. Paul was a man who, who, again, just everything. Listen, he checked off all the boxes. He checked off every one of them. But then he comes to this next section. Again, I use the accounting term. Paul basically put out all the credits on one side of the sheet. Pharisee, circumcised, mama's a Jew, daddy's a Jew, I mean, he, he put all those things down. And he said, this is my list of credits. These are my deposits into my religion account. This is all the things I've done religious. But then look what he says in verse 7. He comes to a realization when he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss. For the sake of Christ. Do you hear what he says? He says, when I put all of those things on that sheet, and I listed all my deposits, and I added them up, I found out I was still broke. Any of you? Now, some of you can identify. You may not can, you may not can identify with Paul the religious man, but you can identify with Paul the broke man. You ever got done, you get your paycheck, and you go to balance your checkbook, and you think, I got paid today, and you add it all up, and you get to the bottom, and you're still broke? That's what Paul said. Paul said, I added up all those good things. And when I got... When I hit total on my calculator, the number was in the red. I was still broke. I counted all as loss. Instead, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as garbage, as rubbish, as trash in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Paul says, all those things I just told you, 
All those things that had everybody in the audience going, Yes, sir. He's the man. He said, I count him every bit as garbage. At that point, you could have dropped a pin on the shag carpet, and it would have sounded like a bomb going off. You could have heard the pin drop. When Paul says, all those things I put on the scale, all those things I put in the deposit list, he said, I count every one of them. Those things you think so highly of, of being a Pharisee, of being religious, of being circumcised, my mother a Jew, my daddy a Jew, all those things you think are so great, he says, I've come to realize they're nothing but garbage. They're rubbish. They're trash to be thrown out. He says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His suffering, becoming like Him in in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul had this reputation. Paul really didn't need to give that resume, but he did. They knew. They already knew who Paul was. Paul had a reputation as a scholar. Go back uh, and look in the book of Acts. Paul was a scholar. Paul was a religious leader. He was honored and recognized for that position that he had. Everybody knew uh, about his, uh, they knew his resume. They knew uh, who he was. And yet he gets to this point, and and when he sums it all up, he says, all of those things are important. He says, you know, obviously he's happy about those things. He just listed them. He says, they're valuable to me, but they're garbage when it comes in the sight of God. They're garbage in the sight of God. They're useless. He says, you know, when I add all these things up, he says, when I take all these things that, that I have, We'll go back to our scale analogy. He says, when I put all those things on the scale, and I come over here and I put what Jesus Christ offers on this side of the scale, he says, these amount to nothing. These are nothing. They're garbage. When I compare what Jesus Christ offers to what I have to offer, he says, I have nothing. They are garbage. They're refuge. They are trash. But what Christ offers is is gold. Listen, he comes to realize that all his works, all his effort, all his time, he said when it comes to righteousness, they are but garbage. What does the Bible say about our righteousness? It says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Filthy rags. Paul says, I've come to understand. All those things I just told you on my resume, he said, if I I stood before God today and God said, why should I count you as righteous? Why should I count you uh, as uh, worthy of coming in uh, to my heaven? Why should I count you as able to come and spend eternity with me? And I was to tell him, I am a Hebrew of a Hebrew. My mother was a Hebrew. My daddy was a Hebrew. He could say, God would say there's a lot of people that could say that. He'd say, well, I was circumcised on the eighth day. He said most every Jew in the world would say that. 
He said, but I was a Pharisee. He said, there are plenty of Pharisees. Some of them even crucified my son. He said, everything I ticked off, everything I listed, I realized when I stood before God, were useless. He said, I come to understand that there are a lot of people who have good things on their resume. There are a lot of people who have checked the boxes. They go to church. They go to Sunday school. They give an offering. They sing in the choir. They work with the children. They clean up the building. They pick up garbage out of the parking lot. They give to the special offering. They cry at the, at the foreign missions movies. He said, there's a lot of people that fill in the boxes. He said, but that doesn't make you righteous. That doesn't make you right in the sight of God. Folks, there are people in the sound of my voice this morning that are trying to get into heaven, that are hoping to gain the favor of God by checking off the boxes. By doing the right things. They hope one day that God grades on the curve. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to tell God, well, I'm not as bad as him or him or him or him or him. You know, they hope God grades on the curve. You know, they hope God's got one of those scales where we can put our stuff on it, all the good things we've done. And, and, you know, and the sky, I, you probably like me, I've heard people literally say that, that I hope when I get, to the, get there that all my good outweighs my bad. Paul says, I got all the good you can get, and I put it on the scale, and I realized it's worth nothing. It's useless. It's garbage, he says. Listen, he says, everything I listed on my sheet brought glory to me. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Jew. I persecuted these Every one of those things makes you think more of me. But none of those things makes God think more of me. And I realized they're garbage. They were gain to him only. But they were rubbish in the sight of God. If I'm not mistaken, it was this week was the anniversary of the death of Jim Elliot. Many of you know the story of Jim Elliot. There's a movie about it, books about it. You ought to read it. It's amazing. Some of you, just a few years ago, we had his daughter here um, in, in Concord speaking. Those of you in the Sunshine Club had the opportunity to hear Valerie. But Jim uh, was in seminary and began to have... The, the calling, felt the call uh, to go um, and, and to be a missionary. Uh, there, were, there were people there um, who uh, said, you, you know, you shouldn't go, you need to work in the church, but he just felt real strongly the calling. So he went to Ecuador. Uh, and in Ecuador, he began to work with some people there, but the ultimate goal was to 
witness to the, uh, the, the Huarani people who were known to be savages. And they started out, him and a few other guys that were in this group, started out by flying their plane over the jungle where those men were, or where that tribe was, and dropping food and things out to them so that they would begin to make contact. And eventually they set up a, a, a camp just outside of their uh, the Huwani's um, village. A few days after setting up their camp, their partners came back to check on them. And all, I believe it was five of them, Jim Elliott and his four companions, had all been slaughtered. They don't know the details. They don't know what happened, what changed. Found Elliott's body in the stream, in the creek, several miles down from camp, but they'd all been slaughtered. His wife goes back and continues to eventually bring them to bring them the gospel. Jim Elliott is famous for making the statement that he is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Paul says, I realized when I looked at this long list that I can't keep any of it. That I can't keep any of it. The only thing I can keep, the only thing I have that I won't lose is my relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, that resume I read to you was absolutely worthless. He said, the only thing that matters is that experience I had on the road to Damascus when I met Jesus Christ. And He came into my life and transformed me, changed me, saved me, set me free, forgave me for my sins, and set me on the road to eternity. He said, that's the only thing I've got I can count on. He said, all the rest of it, it's garbage. He said, you're impressed by my resume. He says, I am impressed by my realization, by the fact that I come to know and recognize Jesus Christ. And then finally, Paul says, here is my resolve. Verse 12. Not that I've already obtained. He says, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not perfect. But I press on. Because Christ Jesus has made me His own. He says, I don't consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal, the mark for the prize of the call of Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature among you think this way, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul says, I didn't give you that resume to impress you. He says, I gave you that resume to tell you what I've left behind. 
I gave you that resume to tell you what I don't claim anymore. I want you to know the man I used to be. But today, my resolve is this. I'm going to press on. I'm going to move forward. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived yet. All those things I listed for you doesn't make me perfect. He says, all they do is make me realize how much I need, how short I fall. They make me realize how much I tried to impress God on my own and realized that I can't do it, that I fall short of all of that. He says, but I'm going to continue to seek God. I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to continue to, to work for Him. He says, I'm going to follow after. That word follow after means to press after. Whatever the obstacle, he says, I'm going to continue to seek Christ. I'm going to continue to live for Christ, to serve Him, to pursue Him in my life. I'm going to continue to press on and to push forward in living for Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to check any more boxes. I'm not trying to please you. I'm not trying to make the church proud of me. I'm not trying to do things that get the praise of man and cause them to go, yeah, that's a good guy. He says, I'm pressing on to be what Jesus Christ wants me to be. I like the words of that old song, I am resolved no longer to linger. I am resolved no longer to linger. Listen, the church has lingered too long. Christians have lingered too long. We have put our confidence and our faith in our accolades, in what we have done, what we are doing, instead of in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, I, my resume is garbage. Can I tell you something this morning? It may hurt some of you's feelings. It may make some of you mad. But your resume is garbage. Those who were involved in the faith program remember that the question we used to get in the door, to begin a conversation was this. In your personal opinion, what does a person have to do to go to heaven? If you'd have asked Paul that question a few years ago, Paul would have said, be a Hebrew. Have a mom and daddy that's a Jew. Be circumcised on the eighth day. Be a Pharisee. All us Pharisees are going to heaven because we're good. And then one day, the light shone round about him as he was on the road to persecute Christians. His eyes were opened, and he saw that every one of those things that he listed was garbage. Was garbage. And the only access, the only key to the door was Jesus Christ. The question this morning, whether you're here, whether you're online, whether you're watching this later when it's the recording, wherever you see this or hear this, the question is this. If I was to ask you that question, 
in your opinion, what do you have to do to go to heaven? Would you be like Paul and read me your resume? Would you tell me all the good things you've done? All the work you've done, all the things you've done in the church? Listen, there's not a person in this room that doesn't know this to be true. For every good thing you could tell me, somebody else could tell me ten bad ones. If you put all the good on the scale, you know as well as I do that if we put the bad, <laughs> the only thing that equals out that scale, the only thing that tilts the scale in your favor is a personal relationship and a knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. You're here today and you don't know Christ personally. You're trying to get to heaven. You're trying to please God with your resume. With how much you give, how much you sing, the class you teach, how often you come to church, whatever. Paul says, you know what? He says, every bit of that is garbage. Every bit of that is rubbish. If you don't know Jesus Christ personally, would you come this morning? Let me show you from God's Word how you can accept Him, how you can have an answer to that question, what it takes to go to heaven. If you're online watching today, call, email, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. You're here today and you say, oh, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt. I'm like Paul. I know where my righteousness comes from. When's the last time you knelt and said, Lord, I just want to thank you for saving me from all that garbage. I was trying to work my way into heaven. I was trying to earn my way into heaven. And like Paul, you opened up my eyes and showed, let me see that none of that was worth anything, that I needed Jesus Christ. Would you kneel this morning and say, Lord, I just want to thank you. And I am resolved to press on towards the mark, towards the high calling of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I ask you to take it and use it today to touch our hearts. God, to change us, to convict us. God, there are people this morning who are in this room who are watching, who are trying to get to heaven, who are trying to please you by their works, by their deeds, by being good. God, help them to see like Paul did that all of that is just garbage. All of that is rubbish. All of that is useless. Nothing but faith in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. God, for the one here today who would say, I know Christ, who is saved, God, remind them of what you've saved them from. Saved them from trying to earn their way in, to work their way in, buy their way in. God, and gave them a free gift. And God, let them resolve to press on towards the mark, towards being the man, the woman, 
that you'd have them to be. And we'll give you the honor for it all, for which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving I see, to I can't work my way in. In all that I do, you <coughs> only just glad I dead and free. This I give myself to thee, for thou in thine atonement didst give thyself for me. I own no other master, my heart shall be thy throne, my life I give in sport to live. O Christ, to Thee alone. All right. Appreciate your attention this morning. Uh, let me go ahead and give you a couple announcements. Uh, we will, uh, as we have for years, um, on uh, the Sunday uh, around Valentine's, right off the top of my head, I can't think of what number that would be. That should be right about close to Valentine's Day. Let's see, day 960. Be the 13th. Uh, so, guys, there's a hint, too. Valentine's is coming up. Uh, and so uh, the 13th of February, I believe, is the second Sunday. I think I got that counted in my head correctly. Uh, and we always have uh, our uh, Big Heart Sunday on that day and take up a special collection for uh, the Sharing House Food Ministry. And so if you want to start watching for sales and, uh, and uh, specials um, on things, canned goods, dry goods, uh, they would uh, be uh, very appreciative of that. Um, we do have uh, the numbers uh, lately have been, uh, they've been extremely busy. Uh, one thing, and I'm going to say this and then they'll have given them all away, uh, that they have not been needing is canned green beans. Um, uh, you know, I don't know why they had canned green beans. Um, stocked up in a closet. I mean, they had green beans everywhere. Um, but other than that, I don't think you can give them anything uh, that, um, uh, that they don't, uh, that they can't use, uh, especially canned goods and those kind of things that have a shelf life of forever. Uh, and so um, if, you, if you want to start bringing that, that's fine too. Um, we'll, um, if you want to go ahead and start, uh, but February the 13th will be uh, Big Heart Sunday. Um, if everything goes according to plan, uh, we will start Sunday school back on the 6th. They're saying by then everything ought to be settled down. I uh, think maybe people will be more comfortable. Um, we're, my plan right now is no matter what, we're going to start the 6th. 
uh, if we have to have Sunday school in here where you can still spread out. I think that's what most people's concern is, is getting in a small room with people. Uh, and so we'll, uh, if we have to, we'll, we'll meet in here. Uh, again, if you want to go now, uh, Tommy's class has been meeting in the fellowship building uh, at 9. And so you're welcome uh, to go there. And then one last, uh, it's not an announcement, it's a request. Um, going to get the floor swept and clean this week. Caleb's going to get it all cleaned up. If you would take, um, if you're able, if you're not, and, and we've got some rows where people are not on them, uh, what we want to do is take each row and stack the chairs up to the outside. Um, get them in one pile on each row. Um, and does that make sense? This row would be in a pile. That row would be in a pile. Um, it's, it's, you can sweep, it's easier to sweep and mop around one chair than it is to sweep and mop around a, a hundred. So um, if you will, uh, that would help. And if you see a row that doesn't have anybody on it uh, or has got a row of fragile, fragile ladies on it or kids, and you want to help with that row, uh, that would be, uh, be, be appreciated. All right, let's bow as we dismissed this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the day you've given us, Lord, for allowing us to gather here this morning. God, thank you for your word. God, pray, Lord, that you'll use it, uh, that we will meditate on your word. Uh, God, that it will change us and transform us, and we'll give you the honor for it all. Which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears> Thank <throat> you.